Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings everyone. Welcome to the house of the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. This is Fred Alexander Oriola, the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. I'm so glad you are here listening. Karibuni sana. May the Lord bless you. As we always begin, some quick announcements. Nairobi Chapel Embakasi, uku tunasoma Biblia. Our 2021 Bible reading plan began on the 11th of January. Believe it or not, we are on the book of Habakkuk. Hey, boss, we are finishing the Old Testament. By the end of this week, we'll be on Malachi. And just like that, the Old Testament is over. Ah, a round of applause. <laughs> Tomorrow, um, Bible study, our Zoom hangout, our online Bible study hangout after every Bible book will be tomorrow, the 20th of September. So I don't know when you'll be listening to this. Um, we have a thing that after we finish every Bible book, we have a Bible study Zoom hangout. Now in the book of Daniel, we gave each other time to just to read the books. And so in the book of Daniel, and then after that, I think we'll do the uh, minor uh, prophets of the Bible. Karibuni Sana is at 8 p.m. It's, on, it's online on Zoom. And it's an amazing time. It's just an hour from 8 to 9. But it is jam-packed, powerful of fire, glory. <laughs> Remember, like we said, 2nd of October, African Child Africa Children's Prayer Day. I know um, the parents in Nairobi Chapel and Makassi have been receiving the information. Uh, we are trying to help our children to pray. I beg you, um, if there's a legacy you can leave your children, it is a legacy of prayer, of them knowing how to talk to God. Our next Children's Sunday will be on the 10th of October, and before that, we'll have a VBS. Uh, information will be on our social media handles all of um, next week, I believe, and the week after. And so, look out for that. We are fasting from the 25th to the 29th of October. Check out our socials as well. Our third year anniversary celebration. Can I hear some ululations? Numbers in eight were ululations. <laughs> on the 7th of November. God has been good. It's been three years of amazing, amazing um, ministry right here in Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. And so, Karibuni Sana spread the news. Nimeanza kushonesha kitenge. Guys, this month we began our new sermon series. We simply called it Sabbath, Entering God's Rest. I believe God is still calling us to rest in Him, especially in these difficult times we are living in. Uh, everyone is busy trying to make it big. I hope see your wash wash. <laughs> and uh, because of the times, I believe God um, is talking to us, telling us exactly what um, needs to happen. And we look at exactly what this is all about, this issue of Sabbath, entering into rest. In the first week, we began the series with the sermon title, Stop Working, talking about God stopping his work of creation and entering rest for a 24-hour period, thereby teaching us the sacred rhythm of rest. Last week, we encouraged each other to start resting, where we saw different examples from the Bible of God encouraging his people to start resting. We reminded each other of the very known and obvious dangers of not resting, and then finished by looking at Jesus, commanding his disciples to rest, believe it or not. All the summons are avail available right here on Anchor FM, so just click on um, maybe the next handle down or the next um, 
line down and you'll see last week's message and all our messages are normally right here on this anchor fm podcast platform let's open our bibles to hebrews chapter 4 we're going to read from verse 9 to 11 i'm reading from the niv hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 to 11 from the niv there remains then a sabbath rest for the people of god for anyone who enters god's rest also rests from their works just as god did from his let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of disobedience father in jesus name we ask that as we sit under the counsel of your word that you help our hearts not only to hear but to understand and to also do exactly what your word tells us help us to be found faithful in these difficult times and with this difficult task we pray this in jesus name we all say amen in genesis chapter 1 and verse 31 god said that all he had made was very good not just good but excellent it was good god was joyfully recognizing and celebrating the achievement of everything he had created he was pleased and delighted in everything that he had created and as such invites us to do the same on the sabbath our sermon today is titled practice delighting practice delighting it is a command from god so may you practice delighting everything god created was good there's nothing wrong or evil that God created. Yeah, let me say that again. There's nothing wrong or evil uh, that God created. Even these crazy politicians all over the world, these murderers, these suicide bomb killers, God created all of them. And at the very end of their creation, God said they were good. Mm, I said it. The fall of man is what made animals go wild. The fall of man is what made man to be corrupted and evil in behavior. This is in no way meaning that there is some fault in God's creation. It just means that the fall of man due to sin actually happened. Adam and Eve was not just a story. It happened. And there were repercussions. On the first day God made light, then the sky, then the dry land, then the seas, then the plants, then the trees. Then the sun, then the moon, then the stars, then the sea and land creatures. And finally, he made animals and human beings. After he made each of this, he exclaimed that all the creation was good. What God then did on the Sabbath is take time to find joy and delight in his creation. He was enjoying his creation. He was pleased by his creation. On the Sabbath day, God is calling on all of us to stop and start practicing delight in his creation and all the numerous gifts his creation offers us. These gifts come to us in many forms, including people, places, and things. The question then is, do you know what things, places, and people give you joy and delight? And before you go too far, we must differentiate joy between joy and delight from empty happiness and pleasure. The latter is temporary, whilst the former is permanent. Do you find satisfaction in the created things of God, the places God has created and the people God has created? Can you pause for just a day and enjoy them? If your answer is no, then you are in trouble. If our answer is no, 
then you're all in trouble and are probably constantly seeking empty happiness and pleasure. Can you say that you're okay with the created you? Do you look at yourself in the mirror and say, what a creation, come on, eh? I look good. Have you accepted the hand that God, God dealt you? Have you accepted your identity and worth in God? Do you love God? Do you love you with all your flaws? One of the biggest reasons we struggle loving others, you know very well what Jesus said, is because we hardly love ourselves. Do you love you? If your answer is still no, then what is the reason? Why can't you delight in the created you? And I'm not talking about this destructive self-doctrine of me, myself, and I. No, not that. I'm talking about finding joy and delight in the created you. As God finds joy and delight in the created you. When he finished creating you, he looked at you and said, Oh my, oh my, my. <laughs> what a being. <laughs> Let me make this announcement. If you're not taking a Sabbath day of rest, then chances are that you are dissatisfied with life itself and that you also don't see yourself as the well-created human being that God sees and are probably assuming that you're not all that. Basically, you don't love yourself to take a rest. Huh? Yes, I said it. Philip Holmes, the director of communications at Reformed Theological Seminary, says this. Our dissatisfaction with life and ourselves, that's me, will inevitably lead us to a cycle of discontentment, of sin, of guilt, and depression, if left unchecked. Discontentment will eventually lead to sin, sin to guilt, guilt to depression, and depression back to discontentment. This cycle slowly destroys everything we encounter and touch, leaving us joyless and empty. In order to break this deadly cycle, the pursuit of joy is essential. Are you generally discontent? That's my first question to ask. Discontentment or discontent? Oh, actually, discontentment always complains in screams that we deserve better. It says that our situation is bad and that we must do or get better. If you're constantly discontent, there's a problem. We are discontent about being single, being married, the job, the church, the football team. Not mentioning any names, but you know yourselves. <laughs> Our squad, man, is not good enough. The family, childlessness, the children, and on and on. Discontentment drives us to pursue better and more and will always leave us in a place of no satisfaction which will eventually glide us into sin. Sin is the only thing that we're allowed to be discontented in, believe it or not. And if you look at our society today, whew, we are a discontented lot, majorly discontented. Are you discontent today? First Timothy 6, 6 to 10, in the NIV, tells us the following. Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But we have food and clothing. We will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Without it, we pierce ourselves with many griefs and we are in the 
evil space. Translation, we are sinning. So the second question is this. Are you actively in the state of sinning? Are you constantly sinning? That's the question. When discontentment goes unchecked and dwelt on, it leads us to a life of habitual and perpetual sin, continuous sin. We find ourselves convincing ourselves that we deserve better, which always is more and is bathed in many foolish and harmful desires that plunge us into ruin and destruction. The longer we are in this state, the more sinful we are, and the harder our hearts become to the guilt that sin gives us. So are you sinning even as we speak today? 1 John 3 verse 4 to 9 warns us of the following. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. As he is righteous, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. What the writer is telling us here, that those who are continually practicing sinning do not know the Lord. Practicing sinning continually, habitually, perpetually, means that our heart is not transformed. There's a problem with our hearts. Those that know the Lord may occasionally sin, but are not to be found in practicing continual habitual sin. Where are you? Are you in the occasional sin, which the book of Hebrews tells us is the sin that so besets us? Or are you continually practicing sinning habitually all the time check yourself check the state of your heart where are you and find out through the word of god number three are you const are you constantly guilty of the active sinning in your life the issue of guilt is what you're talking about as long as we sin before the lord we'll feel the guilt of the sin the more we ignore the guilt that sin brings upon us the more our hearts become hardened and the more we are prideful and the more we fall into much ruin, destruction, and sin, and eventually depression. We'll talk about depression in the next point. But in Daniel chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar talks about his fall from grace. God tried warning this great king of his falls all through from Daniel 2, where he saw a great image with a head of gold that signified his kingdom that will be toppled by the kingdom of Medes and Persia, represented by the chest and arms of silver in the great image. God again talks to him in Daniel 3, where he demanded his great made statue image be bowed to by everyone and the hebrew boys refused and he never listened even when he saw god in the furnace fire king nebuchadnezzar refused to hear god's guidance in the guilts of his heart to the point that when god finally spoke to him through the third dream of him as a great tree being chopped in chapter 4 and he refused to listen he ended up becoming like a wild animal for seven years God restored him after seven years and he finally learned obeying the directive, directives of God. He finally acknowledged the God of, Ab uh, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God of Daniel, as the God of heaven, the creator of the universe. 
So has God put guilt in your heart from the sin in your life or the sinning in your life? My prayer to you, stop and repent now. Change your ways before it turns you into a wild animal. Mm, I said it. Finally, are you in a state of depression? Depression is a mental condition characterized by feelings of severe despondency and dejection, typically also with feelings of inadequacy and guilt, often accompanied by lack of energy and disturbance of appetite and sleep. I must begin by saying that not all depression is caused by living in sin. There's depression from being molested, from going through a difficult separation, from a heartache, from being laid off, and the like. The depression you're talking about here is strictly the one that stems from sin and the guilt that overwhelms the heart, which from the definition of depression is there, because we've just read that it's typically also with feelings of inadequacy and guilt. That is depression. The seven years of Kingdom Cardinal's life can easily be um, represent can easily represent a period of depression in his life when he refused to listen to God's directives. The question then becomes for us: Is the depression we are facing right now as a result of sin? This personal for you and I, or is it not because of sin? Do you remember when King David slept with his friend Uriah's wife Bathsheba in Second Samuel eleven? Then killed his friend Uriah. This was his boy, man. Then a baby was born. Then God killed the baby. Oh, sorry. God took the baby. Mm. We like saying it that way. What was King David's feeling? I dare say depression. He was depressed. If you look through the writings of King David in the book of Psalms, you understand the emotions that he was feeling were actually depression. So sin can actually lead us to depression when the feelings of guilt that comes from sin or come from sin are not addressed. What are you feeling today? Let me make this announcement again for the final time. If you're not taking a Sabbath day of rest, chances are you are dissatisfied with life itself. And you also don't see yourself as a well-created human being that God sees and are probably assuming that you're not all that. You don't love yourself. You're probably in a cycle of discontentment, in sin, in guilt, and depression. Discontentment will eventually lead you into sin. Sin will, leave you, sin will lead you to guilt and guilt to depression. And depression back to discontentment. It is a cycle. This cycle will destroy everything you encounter and touch, believe it or not, leaving you joyless and empty. In order to break this deadly cycle, the pursuit of restful joy is essential. And no wonder God demands that we remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Guys, we must begin to take a Sabbath rest seriously in a sacred rhythm of the same day every week. And in the same way God had joy and delight in the creation, we will have joy and delight in God's creation. Start talk, uh, taking delight in God's things, his places, and the people that he's created, which will eventually bless your heart with the rest. This way, we'll find contentment. We'll be pleasing to God. We'll be free of the guilt of sin and in a constant state of joy in the Lord, which is forever our strength. Are you discontented in sin, guilty of sin, or simply just depressed? Pray to the God of heaven, but he may come through. But beyond prayer, just do what God is asking you to do, and we will be fine. 
may you start taking joy and delight in God's things, His places, and His people. God bless you. Have a nice day. See you next time. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.